You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hello, Michael. Andre. You know what? Gotta retire that jacket. It's too bright. Okay. You know, the things that you make fun of on me on this podcast is like, see, you've you've talked about my hair, you've talked about my jacket. I think you're secretly in love with me. You are you are an Oompa Loompa with that hair, Lou. I'm just saying. But um the jacket is is Actually, you know what? I think that you've worn it so much that it is losing its brightness factor. I love this jacket. I know you do. And Everyone could go to at Andre Wine Review to see what jacket we're talking about, but it's a, a floral Adidas track jacket that I've worn almost every day that I cycle back and forth with an Olympique Lyonnais jacket. Um, Michael, what are we doing today? So um, we have been attempting to uh, do this podcast <laughs> For a long time, or actually, no. well, it wasn't even supposed to be a no, podcast. We were trying to get into, uh, uh, together with this gentleman, yes, for a long period of time because yes, we have a special on, guest on our on our Patreon. Uh, we have a uh, special perk uh, for those who uh, donate to this cause, um, and if you do it for a six month period. I think it was a tasting with us. Was that correct? Was that it was? This? But we did. To, to be frank, we did kind of a crappy job. Highlighting what the parameters of what it was we were Correct. offering was. So, but it's also like to be to be honest, we don't have a lot of people who donate to the podcast. We and, literally and that, make enough money off the podcast to keep it going to cover our overhead and buy the odd piece of equipment once in a while. So this this gentleman, let's let's not not bury the lead too much at the moment. Um, was nice enough to give us the top tier of our of our Patreon, and was supposed to get a tasting with us, and then. COVID hit. Well, and, and COVID hit. We and couldn't, we couldn't, and things were locked down and we couldn't get together and then we couldn't visit wineries and then blah, blah, blah. So we said, all right, well, we'll, we'll do like a dinner with them and then we'll do this and we'll do that. And, and, and everything just got pushed and pushed. So Ken Little, we're really sorry, uh, that it's taken us this long to, uh, finally come up with something that is, uh, that is interesting. And I, we hope you find oh, yeah, this I need to interesting. Upgrade, I need to update the patreon.com. And then the other full disclosure is because before we get into what we're going to do with the wine is, um, I, I know Ken, like we're not super close, but Ken and I have chatted many times. He's been a great supporter of the ADX wine company, great supporter of the podcast, but you're also just a great supporter of Ontario wine in general. So, yeah, so I think we should start with, you know, who the heck are you? Yeah, well, obviously, we're three elusive gentlemen who have just not been able to find time. <laughs> Elu- elusive is correct. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm Gin Little. I have been really intrigued by the Ontario wine scene and actually didn't get into wine until I moved to Toronto. So, I moved here a little over a decade ago. From where? Uh, from the States. From, oh. from Illinois. Really? Yeah. Like the Chicago area or is it like some of smaller? No, the area? actual downstate. The okay, rest of Illinois right. that doesn't matter to anyone that okay. lives in Chicago. So you have no mob uh, mob affiliate, so that's okay. That we know of. That we know None of. None to be disclosed here. Okay. Okay, right. so the, I guess the next question. Maybe that's question, why he moved. Yeah. So, so Okay, so you said you moved to Toronto, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's something that I think we've we've talked about quite a bit on the on the podcast is just how Toronto is a bit of a black hole for Ontario wine. How, how did you get into Ontario wine? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it was just out of like an actual peaked interest to want to go visit vineyards throughout. What was the first vineyard you visited? I think it was... So I, you were talking about 
folks maybe going for a bit of a booze cruise around for free tastings. Yeah. I think I ended up establishing something that was a respectable, happy medium of actually going and hitting anywhere from seven to ten wineries a day Holy over crap. about a day and a half day period. I would DD for a group of about five to seven friends. And so we would go in and just kind of hit everything from Vineland was a regular staple. So uh. I got to know the crew out there for a while, Cassaba, but a lot of stuff around the bench. Uh, and then at that time, uh, you know, there was kind of the other things that would pull me to Niagara on the Lake would be like Lely and like back yeah. in that time yeah. frame. So I had a lot of regular haunts. We'd go and do actual like barrel room tastings and uh, people would be super kind if you just reached out in advance. And that's what I loved. It was just such a warm, welcoming community. And I was able to kind of learn on my feet as I took people around and, and they would, they would spend, right? So they buy, like, and make it worthwhile for the tastings. And, wait, wait, well, there'd be, there'd be, there'd be, there's no judgment. Like I said, there's no judgment here. Like I know I'm being a little bit more critical just like with what's happened during the, the pandemic, but like, I think that's something that was the allure of Niagara was going down and doing the, doing the booze cruise. But I do think the pandemic has definitely caused a bit of a reset in the culture, which has been think, for I, the better. And I think it is. I think it is much for the better. But um, so my my question is: Were you interested in wine before you got here? Like, was when you were in in Illinois? Were you you know look, checking out the vineyards in? I was I was adjacent to Kentucky wine, Michael. Oh, what do you think? Uh, oh man! I yeah. so my wife and I we went to uh, Louisville for. Our our honeymoon, our first we we did two honeymoons. Our first honeymoon, we ate at Six Ten Magnolia, which is a fantastic restaurant uh, owned by Edward Lee, and they had a they I don't know if she still works there, but an amazing sommelier with an amazing taste in cool climate wine. They had Washington wines and um, Oregon wines on the list, not just the and how does this bring the California Kentucky Mason. wine? We asked her about local wines. Thank you for bringing my story back, Michael. And she said that the wines in Kentucky should only be used for making vermouth. Hmm. Yes, and we actually did try one Kentucky wine on this podcast. And now we're bringing this full circle because we tasted that Kentucky wine when we did... Let's dump the chump. And guess what we're going to do with you, Ken? Not taste Kentucky wine, but... Not taste Kentucky wine, but we are going to do a stump the chump, and it's a very special... Uh, stomp the chump, and I'll tell you, doing the tell you why. Because it's this? it's extra chumpy. Well, it, it it could be extra chumpy, and I will tell you why. Because uh, we we did have uh, Peter Gamble on the podcast at one point, and we did ask him to be part of uh, the uh, stump the chump. Uh, Peter declined, mm-hmm. but I already had uh, the wines uh, wrapped, and um, so. You are getting the wines that I specifically set up for Peter Gamble. So, um, and I and it was it was done. I'm know, sure least, when Peter listens to this tape, he's going to be very disappointed oh, that I'm he missed sure out on this. Very, and now, so I don't remember one when I wrapped him. Um, yes, we'd Michael. Have to look back, but two, I literally this time have no idea what's under these wrappers. That's what we call having a senior moment. Because I wrapped these at least. At least six months ago. So lovingly aged under tin foil for um, six yes. months. So they've been in the dark for sure. Uh, they've also been in the car, so they're a little chilled. So that's probably going to help them. Let's. So shall we? Shall we start, Ken? Are you ready? Let's jump in. So do you know the parameters? Uh, you, you listen to the podcast. So I, yeah, you're a religious I, listener. I think I've got an idea. So you know how this works. All right. So uh, Andre has graciously given me an us. So well, here. I guess okay. While Michael's opening this, um, I guess we can talk a little bit more about your. Okay, you see, you said Lely, Violent. Did you have a favorite at the beginning? Oh, uh, it was Lely because I Pinot Noir is what got me sucked into like 
the things uniquely out of Ontario I was surprised to find. Were Are you opening a Pinot Noir, Michael? I have no idea what I'm opening. I'm okay. Honest. Uh, I honestly have no idea what's in It was the tonight. Lot 48 that he used to make, right? He had a few you could get in, and he there was uh, anywhere from like two to three Pinots they would go out per year. But I think those were some of the oldest Pinot vines, was my understanding at the time. That yeah, I mean, since then, you know. Which one? Uh, the, the, okay, so apparently those vineyards are actually still under vine, and the um, Lely is back under Canadian ownership, and Correct. I'm not sure I'm not what the future who, holds for them. Right I don't now. even know who owns them these days, but I know it's that, yes, it is Canadian ownership. Not that the last one wasn't Canadian ownership. He was he was Canadian. Okay, technically Canadian, but he's in a Chinese prison. Correct. For defrauding the Chinese government of so, like millions, millions and millions, millions of dollars. You can fact check that. But those vines, they're still there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a thing, too. Like, you can bring fallow... Or no, I shouldn't say fallow. You can bring neglected vineyards back to life. It's, a lot of that's happening in Chile right now with indigenous grape varieties. All right. This so doesn't smell terrible. It's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't smell terrible. Uh, you can see right through the sucker. I can tell you that. Um, it's not something... Uh... Oh. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Oh, God. I think it's almost corked. The nose might have no. been a bit more inviting than the... The nose is much more inviting than the palate. That palate is terrible. I actually didn't mind it. Like, acids are sharp, but there's still some red fruit to it. It's not completely dead. Ken, you're the tie break on this one. Have you tasted it? Oh, I've tasted it. Okay. Yeah, somewhere around the mid-palate, it really ripens to quite raunchy. But there's this wine is, is very well made. Like, there's no fault in this wine. There's no fault. It, it's, it's just... I'm, not, I'm still. I'm not sure. I think it might be very slightly corked. I no. I don't think it's slightly corked. I think it's just so maybe just oxidized old, on the oxidized on the mid palate. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, I get very little fruit characteristic out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's old. It's old. It's oxidized. Okay, it's, so then this is the, the the full disclosure. I'm drinking significantly less while Anya is pregnant. Mm. So like this is I think the first the first like real glass of red wine I've had. Well, you're in gonna, a little you're, while, you're going to absolutely love the tasting next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for the Toronto Life. Uh, That's right. We got the Toronto yeah. Life thing coming up next. Yeah, so yeah, we're sitting in my dining room with must be about seventy bottles so far. I feel like that's going into a marathon with just walking around the block each day. It's, Are you going to be ready for that? Okay, so it's it's our like what fourth time doing this at home? At least fourth, at least. All right. Um, I'm just out of color. Uh, since you know, since it's I very I usually know what these things are or have a good idea. Since I don't, I will start this one off. Uh, based on color alone, I'm gonna go Pinot. Um, oh, I'm getting way too much fruit for like this. This doesn't have a Pinot feel to it. That's going Franky. Yeah, I'm right. I'm saying Franc or Meritage or Cab Merlot. Mm. I think it's a Cab. I think it's a Cab mm. Merlot. I don't think it's full Franc. I, yeah. I I'm gonna go Ontario. And I'm gonna go 2002. That's what I'm doing. I'll go. Well, I think it's Peter Campo. Okay, I guess they could be South America. If you have Versado in your cellar, they could be Nova Scotia. I don't think we have any bubbles though. If it's Benjamin Bridge, so I'm guessing Ontario as well. Um, I can't remember everywhere that Peter's made wine though. Uh, well, so okay. Main, let's let's say bench, bench or Niagara on the Lake, though. Um, uh, prob- well, he's at least helped in in both. 
right? He's basically Peter's. Yeah, I'm asking you to pick bench <laughs> oh, or Niagara uh, on the Lake, Michael. Oh, I thought you were saying where is Peter made wine. Um, I'm still just going to go Niagara. I'm not going to bench her. I, I don't, don't think, think it's 02. I think it's was 05 hot year. 05 was a hot year. I think it's 05. All right, I'm going to go with 07. I think it's going to be some sort of cab blend. You also think hot year cab blend. Got it. So here we go. Let's find right. out what this mishmash is. I'm actually enjoying it. Uh, so it's a... I'll, I'll give you the blend, and I'll give you the year. 2007 South Bay Vineyards Merlot Cabernet from Huff. You got the year. I got the varieties. Michael's the chump. Yeah. I went Pinot. But... Well, he also... Actually, he said blend. I also said blend. You said it could be a Merlot. It could be a Cab. It could be a... No. I don't think he said blend. Ken? I kind of wrote his coattails. I was picking the vibe. He may not have said it he said eloquently. Cab he said Cab Franc. But. All right, you got to be better off of picking a varietal. You can't just no. Go. He said he said Cab Franc, and then I said it felt like there was Merlot in it. Mm-hmm. We have to roll the tape back on that sucker. It's not my fault you weren't paying attention. So, so Peter was making the wines that. Uh, no, I didn't necessarily say that Peter Gamble had anything to do with them. I just picked out the wines that you know I thought Peter would find interesting. Okay, so you did not like this wine. Did not. Did you like this, Ken? I did not. So there's something wrong with me then? Correct. And there has been for a long time. I do feel there were things holding on. I could see that that wine had a time. I just don't believe that time is now. No, I think the time was probably 10 years ago. Like when the tannins started to soften. But it's super cool to see like a Cab Merlot from BQA PEC. I'm still still holding on to this. Like, um, well, it's, it's, I, it's, I, I want I want to I want to taste this in a proper Bordeaux glass. And it's also very cold right now too. It is chilly. I will give you that. Um, this one, I could not save it. So, oh, get a strainer. No, no. Uh, if you just give me a glass the way it is, I was able to flip the cork so that it should not leave too much sediments. There you go. All right. Wine number two, and I think I'm just gonna. I got. I think I got the sediment, so um, I will. It's more muted than the first one. Like the the nose is super closed off in my glass, mm-hmm. but it's almost like. Um, now this one almost smells corked. It's got like a tar smell to it, like mm-hmm. like not not. I don't know. I like the smell of like construction, but like from a distance, you know, I don't like being right next to the the hopper of tar when they're like tarring a roof. This smells like this smells like a roof that's been recently done, and like dried cherries under it. Lots of dried cherry. Actually, that that one doesn't taste terrible. I think your mouth is broken. No, this one's this tastes much better than the first one. Yeah, this one doesn't, because the, the nose on the first for the Huff is actually still intriguing. This one is much more muted. I, I, I think can kind of get the tar, like almost yeah. barney. I don't get the, I don't get the, the nose on this one is not as nice as the Huff. Mm-hmm. But I think the palate is, is showing quite well. I think there's something wrong with my mouth, because I still, I like the first one better than this one. This is like it's so muted. It's um, but it's dark. Like it's the fruits are brooding on it. It's dark. It's brooding. I think that that kind of a cherry cough syrup going on here. 
It's. I would drink it before I would drink the first one. Tannin is soft and round and very smooth on it. Yeah, there's something really there's something nice about this one that's kind of surprising. There's like a eucalyptus note slightly mm. on the finish as well, which is unusual. <clears throat> I'm gonna say. Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over like right. Up. I'm gonna say it's Argentinian Malbec. Okay. From. I don't know. Fifteen years ago. Uh, What's twenty two minus fifteen? Two thousand seven. I'm 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 gonna go it's a, I'm gonna go back to two thousand and two. I'm gonna go old. I'm gonna go Spain. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Spanish Grenache. Two thousand two. I'm going right on LM. Alright. But we're all agreeing it's warm like warm climate, it's got a warm feel. Well, like, actually, Ken, we haven't asked you. What do you got? What do you got? Thoughts? No, I'll give you warm climate, but it is out of my palate depths trying to figure out where this is going to be. Uh, I th- mm. hmm? got to give us something. Oh, no, I'm going to give you something. It'll take a while, but... Here, grab the next bottle. I'll start opening it while we're getting the final guess. Yeah, no, I'll go with... I'll at least give you... Since you've got, since Andre will unwrap because he's probably got eyes, and I didn't bring my glasses to the table, so having another senior moment. I think we have a lot of senior moments. All right, I'll go with the chili. I'll bite. The chili? Yeah. Biting on the chili. We've got Spain. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a two thousand crianza. Two thousand. Well, that you spent. A whole twelve dollars on. I did. This label is actually really nice for an economical bottle of wine. You bought this in two thousand six. Sixty-five percent Tempranillo, twenty-five Cab Sauv, ten percent Merlot. Okay, totally off. So that's why it's like nice and soft on it too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good for you, Michael. But I'd also say hats off to all three of us for not guessing Ontario, knowing that you picked these wines for Peter Gamble. Why well, did you pick that? What was your thought process picking that for Peter? That was the last bottle that I, I picked. It was just kind of a, a oh. oh my god, Michael! It was kind of a hail mary. Jesus. Okay, now, now I'm getting we're in the strainer, strainer territory. Yeah. All right. So, Ken, do you want to paint the picture of what just happened for the? Yeah, Michael's not wearing the wine yet, but the cork is is definitely uh, now a hair short. So, wow, that. Well, I'm going to say this one's old. <laughs> but thus far, I think we're batting better averages on drinkability than most stump the chumps. But at this point, yes, because uh, yeah, that's not. <laughs> Hand me the strainer. Let me see what I can get out of this one. Oh, okay, that's. Oh, there we go. I like your little strainer, Andre. Everybody can hear it dribbling out of the glass. It's like an old. We've man. used that before. It's like an old. It's like an old man taking a pee. Yeah, if uh, Just dribbling at the old uh, at night. If your circumstance is similar to this bottle's port, it's time to go to the doctor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so here we go. Okay, so far we've had nothing as bad as the infamous Kentucky wine. No, I don't think we're going to have anything as bad as the infamous Kentucky wine. I you you wanted to make sure that Peter I, would come back if we did this. Well, you know what, I. In hindsight, well, we'll get to that later when we're off mic. Yeah. Um, this also doesn't smell terrible. It doesn't smell great. 
Uh, oh, this tastes sour. This tastes yeah. like some of the like this almost tastes like a passamento pinot noir. Oh, that is not. But I'm not going to guess the passamento pinot noir. Yeah, I don't. I'm drawing a blank on this. Ken, you're up first. All right. <laughs> it's still holding on to the tannins though for that sour, there's, right? There's something. Is that what's coating my mouth, or is that something there's else? Something not quite. It almost feels like there's a, a hit of, of our RS in that, but it's also I don't know if this is warm climate. It's not as old as the other two. There's kind of like a, 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 a port-like note without the nice without the nice sweetness. That's a perfect way to describe it. Like I know I said it's, it's sort of sour and a little bit sweet, so it's really ripe, but like not quite there. And uh, I don't. Know. I'm going to guess it's. Not good. No, but here's the thing: is like I'm drawing, I'm drawing a complete blank on what this could be. I, Michael, I want you to go first. This is red wine. That's this is like old red wine, like something that your grandfather would pull out of the cellar and go, "You gotta try this. It was great about a hundred years ago, right?" And you'd be like, "Well, thanks, Grandpa, for giving me this crud." Um, so I am going to go based just on the bottle. Which is pretty tall. Um, I'm going to go on something old in Argentina. Uh, because, you know, for Peter Gamble, let's go with that. Uh, the Spain one is... I don't... Uh, if you pick these wines, I'm wondering if he's just, like, trying to make himself look good here. No, no. I'm, I'm going to go with um, my old Argentina, maybe 2005 Malbec. I'm going to go with a... Welch's prison blends, <laughs> toilet blends made toilet um, made at the Don Jail before it closed. Um, can't quite guess the vintner, but I'm guessing someone who committed some sort of petty crime. And um, I think his sentence was six to twelve months. Well, okay, that's so that's my well, note on I this. see uh, Ken's written something down. Uh, he's close to you here, but he's. Uh, he thinks it's from Shawshank. Okay, um, okay, we're going fictional now. Um, okay, if I'm being if I'm being serious, uh, I'm going to guess Southern Hemisphere, but I have no idea where. And this this almost tastes like fake ripe Syrah. Mm. I'm going to go Syrah. On yeah, this. It's got I was, a Syrah feel to it. There's some odd fig notes yeah. in this as well. I'll, I'll follow that. I was going to go with Australia. Australia? Do you want Syrah? Shiraz. Yeah. There's Shiraz. Okay. Okay, so it's Patagonian Malbec. So mm. Michael is definitely cheating to just make himself. I swear look to good. God, I didn't know that. I just uh-huh. I just went with the uh, what I probably would have gone with Peter. That's but really that's really the, too bad. What's the year on it though? It's two thousand three. Oh, see, I had two. I mean, that's really that. I mean, that is really too bad because um, yeah, Patagonian. I think that's the first time I've had a, a Malbec from Patagonia. Usually. Usually, the Argentine Argentinian wines that are widely available are Mendoza. Correct. So, yeah, that's probably why I picked that for for Peter was something odd for Argentina. I swear to God, I don't I don't remember these. Oh, it's starting to pull up. Uh, okay, we may need the strainer again. That's why it's on the table, Michael. I like take cork out. Of the oh my God, he's literally like picking it in this wine bottle. Like I've seen him pick his nose. I dig a little deeper in the nose. 
<laughs> is that why your brain's so messed up? I'm just I want to hit bank brain stem. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. This is okay. I'm gonna move the mic for a minute here. And you're not even an old wine fan. No, oh, yeah. I'm not an old wine fan. Andre hates old wine, which is unfortunate because there's some really great old wine out there. No, but I mean it's it's the reminder that t- that uh, tastes are subjective, right? And like I, lo- I do love seeing, and I love being surprised when I see how wines evolve. Um, this past weekend, I was lucky enough to taste through a few 2017 Batchelder uh, single vineyard. I had the 2017 Saunders vineyard and the 2017 Wilms vineyard, and the wines are showing their age, but like definitely, definitely something that makes me happy that I have some Batchelder aging in the cellar, and I feel a little bit redeemed from. The other Chardonnay that I poured for our friend Christine this summer in that episode. Well, I have no idea how you think I'm cheating, by the way. I was so off on that first wine. I wasn't even close. Okay, you know that that's how hustling works. You pretend you're bad, you get people to place their bets, and then it's just like, oops, I forgot I'm really good at this. Well, and thank Ken for putting $20 on the table. Mm-hmm. This is not good. This is terrible. Yeah. This is <laughs> absolutely rancid. There is no... There is no See, redeeming... This is the one where I have no idea if it's corked or not because of all the other irredeemable qualities. No, the alcohol... That is this... Yeah. The alcohol stings the nostrils. No. I, it does have a bit of wet cardboard smell, but it also has, like, can't a molasses smell. And Henry lets himself be known as well as the doorbell. There is no redeeming quality for this wine. No, none. Oh God, that's oof. nor any identifiable. But yeah, there's nothing that that tells me it's even made from grape. No, it, I think it has actually made from cardboard and strained with cardboard. This so is what happens when you let cardboard get wet and recycled. Yeah, they make is, wine out of it. To this is you. dandelion wine through cardboard. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what this is. So Andre's taking his time. We have no idea what is. Could be being arrested outside, and probably quite likely for that tracksuit. Actually, I think. Yeah, you can be a multiple you, violations uh, within uh, of taste, and uh, oh, yes. you're back, so we can stop talking about you and think you're being arrested. It was just one of my nice neighbors asking me if the cat free I put out was for free. Oh, we thought it was a nuisance by law officer uh, requesting you to turn over that shirt. okay i guess maybe i don't need to cut up this part of the podcast then i have no idea what you guys said when i was gone okay where were we about how bad this wine is? well uh, i think we've come to the conclusion that it's dandelion wine filtered through cardboard because there is nothing uh i'm gonna let ken unwrap that okay so it's bad old and corked yeah yes i could be corked as well yes it's definitely corked yes there's something bad it's Cork not. is the redeeming flavor. Yeah. So there's no way I can guess. I don't think there's any way we can. Any of us can guess what this is. Oh, that's a nice looking bottle. Cab Malbec, oak barrel aged, two thousand. From... Should we try to take that back to the LCBO and see if they'll give us your money back? I don't think Trevento comes through the LCBO anymore. Argentina. I love that they had to specify oak barrel aged on it. Maybe it was the tinfoil aging. That's just what capped it off. <laughs> this is not good. Oh. Right. All right, so. Is this the giveaway bottle? For those that can't see, we do have 
this is a small bottle. A small on. bottle on the almost, table. I almost have this thing out. Come small on. bottle, still big problems. No, I, I did get it. I did get it. Well done. Hey, is this our last one? Do we have no, five or one six? more. Uh, this is a white. This is a white. Know. But I have it marked as number five, so... Okay. Okay, so this looks like what you would... uh, Yeah, that was really bad. This looks like what you would expect fortified wine to come in. So it's a little... Do you know what? I might know what this is just by the shape of the bottle and knowing what I have in my cellar. So I may step out for a... Yeah, it also doesn't smell great. Yeah. For those that can't see, not quite as narrow as you'd expect for a ice wine. Could be late harvest, sauterne. It uh, It could be a, 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 a... No... The the nose is like, uh, I mean, acids are off. This just like, it's not terrible, especially compared to the last one. It's got a little bit of sweetness to it. The cork was like a generic. It looks like one of those corks you made in the homemade wine thing. Maybe this was mm. my homemade wine. You made homemade wine many, 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 many years ago with Vinbon. Do you know what? So I have a... Sorry, can you say that again? Vinbon. That's what they called themselves. Vinbon? Vinbon. That's what they called themselves. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, but my favorite part of that is... And here's how I no know... No wonder your French accent sucks. Here's how I know this. is because, as you know, maybe some of the listeners know, I owned a recording studio that did on-hold messaging. For a while, we did on-hold messaging for Vinbon. That's what they wanted to be called. And then they also sent us... Uh, some uh, of their their ads that were going to be played on radio, so that we could know what their um, their theme was going to be. Okay, and I swear to God, they let this go where the guy said you could make Merlot. They let it go. They let that play on the air. I was horrified. All right, so there is a fault in the At wine. Vinbon, you could make Merlot. Okay, good work, Vinbon. So now focusing on what we've got in our glasses right now, there's a clear fault in the wine. It's very high in volatile acidity. Mm-hmm. If any of us were wearing nail polish right now, I'm certain that we could take it off with this wine. I'll take my socks off right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. you got painted toes. I do. So. And you're making oh. fun of me for my loud jacket. I don't pull my toes out. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't led one, so. I'll get it started. I'm gonna. I let the my eyes do the tasting for me, trying to figure this one out. So I'm still gonna stick with that. Maybe Sauterne with VA. I don't know. It's, I definitely I don't, like don't feel this as a Niagara. It, but it's a drinking with our eyes, though. The fact that that cork is in it, I don't see. Mm-hmm. I don't see the LCBO bringing something in that has that like homemade, made in a made in a French barn. By some guy named Pierre, and take my word for it, showing up at the, at the shipping yards. So you're gonna go with a Sauterne of some sort, I, of some sort, and I'll go. Okay, homemade Sauterne, Andre. I'm the alcohol's not screaming high on this, so I don't think it's it's fortified. I'm gonna say that this is a late harvest Riesling from somewhere. So if I now this or or uh, no late harvest Riesling, I'm, I, I'm gonna stick with late harvest Riesling. I could be 100 percent wrong on this, but I I think. I think, uh, based on the bottle and what I have in my cellar and what I probably would have pulled out for Peter Gamble, I think this is a 2002 Segrebe from Peely Island, which is a late harvest wine. 
Oh. Hmm. That's what I think this is. Why would you pick that for Peter? Like, I don't understand this tasting. It's a light harvest of Shurabay. Shurabay. Is it, it, and it's, it's not VQA. Oh, it is VQA. Yeah. It's VQA Peely Island, which is an yeah. appellation that no longer exists. Yeah. And what's the, uh, what's the year? Oh, two. 2002. And you spent $9 on this. Correct. These were delicious at the time. Like, absolutely delicious, like a, a late harvest. They, the acidity, obviously, as you can tell, was almost non-existent. But the rest of it was, like, it was a great little uh, well, in, in sweet s- wine. Well, in spite of the VA on the nose, it's not terrible on the palate. Like, and I'm not, like, walking something back. Like, it tastes better than it smells, but it is not... It is not the best made late harvest no, sweet but, wine that we've had in the province. But why would I have picked it? Because it's Shirabay, and I am sure being oh, you think, Gamble, you think would he would have blind tasted it. Who would have been, uh, you know, in the at the dawn of Ontario wine uh, in his day? Right on. Time for you to bring on the Chardonnay. That uh, that you would um, that he might have guessed or had gone. Wow, I haven't had a Shirabay in years, which would have been interesting. I know what this wine is. Actually, I'm guessing what this wine is. Okay. Actually, now I'm not 100% sure I know what this wine is. Because <laughs> now we're looking late harvest ice wine in the face Woo! of that bottle. But we have yeah, some is... mo- molasses colored. That's like got like Baco characteristics to it. It does not, but it's very raisiny. It's like if Ooh. somebody made Baco ice wine. I mm. don't think it's Baco. Uh, I don't think it has Baco characteristics. It's or, very clean. It doesn't have that like sauvage. It doesn't have the, oh, you know what the rusticness to this. I know yeah. what this is. This tastes. You know what? I've always said that Marichal Foch tastes like feet. This is not Marichal Foch. I think and, and this just got some feet characteristic to it. There's no feet characteristic to it. I'll fight you on that. Okay. Oh yeah, that's just old feet. Old. Rancid feet that's been dipped in in port. And I think this is Dornfelder. Rings. Dornfelder, interesting. I'm just guessing from memory. I think this is the Firox Dornfelder ice wine. Okay, that's what you're going to go with. And what year? 2017. You think that's a 2017? Wow. I'm. I've had some odd cab. Late harvest or ice wine abominations, so I'm going to go Cab Sauve. Uh, old, and, though, old, old. I'm going to give you a chance to walk that back, though. It's just like, look at how thick and like fleshy that is. Like, But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you walk that back, too. Look how brown that is. You think that's that's Dornfelder? Yes. And young? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go back to... I'm going to, to or Foch in the ice wine category. I don't think you can make... I'm going to, like, 2000... And- well, I didn't say it was 99. ice wine. I'm just saying it's in the ice wine category, meaning it's a, a dessert wine. All right. Well, iced, iced, iced you know Foch. Screw me sideways. Uh, this is an iced Foch from D'Angelo Vineyards. Uh, Salvatore D'Angelo. Is that who we? Not who yeah, we interviewed. Yeah, that's who we interviewed. That's. Uh, Um, You know what, this is, honestly, if this is what these hybrids taste like when they're frozen, um, I'm on board with this. I'm not getting any any of those notes that you said about this wine. Um, Now, now I'll say this. 
I know that he doesn't make it in an ice wine style. I think it goes into a freezer, and then that's how he does it. Or he did it. Because is, is there a year on that, uh, Ken? Oh, six. And it is not an ice wine. It is an iced. Iced folks. Yeah. Iced folks. So it, basically, he basic throws it in the freezer, I think. Is that how he used to make it? And then he thawed it, and then he'd freeze it again. Uh, just to try and concentrate, emulate, some of those yeah, emulate that uh, that condition out there. Well, um, like being honest, like this is um, this is one of the nicest ways I've tasted Marichal Foch. I I am not opposed to this, and I think I'm guessing the price is probably right. Yeah, you spent 15 bucks on this. Yeah, yeah I remember buying a bunch of that because I was really impressed by the whole thing. He did a bunch of different things with Foch. I think this still has some longevity too. Like if you wanted to age this longer. Um, just for the record, before you go on and say that I think that this is the greatest thing ever, this is not the greatest iced or iced wine no, or I, sweet. Well, it's, it's just it's it's delightful. It's, it's still it's still got life to it. As much as I made fun of the feet characteristic, but that's usually what I get from from Foch anyway. Sorry, Malabar, but uh, I just get that kind of crazy, f- dirty feet characteristic of Foch, and that's kind of what I got on the on the palate on this one. That's why I guess I thought Baco originally because of the, the there was kind of a richness to it, but then when it got into that dirty feet kind of area, I was like, Man, okay, stop talking about dirty feet. There's no dirty feet in this. Your mouth is broken. We established that earlier in the podcast. My mouth is broken. Yeah. My God, man, you admitted it three times, and my mouth is broken. Yeah, exactly. Taste my feet, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Ken, thank you very much for joining us for this. Um, I don't even know what the hell to call it, but thank you, jump thank, thank you for sitting through it and actually uh, tasting. Thank you for your support uh, for the uh, all these years now. And yeah, who knows if you're thinking about giving someone a gift for Christmas, why not give Michael and I a gift of your support so we can keep this podcast on the air? And Ken, we, do you have anything that you're working on that you think our listeners might be interested in uh, hearing about? Yeah, if people can check out. I've actually been doing other things in Niagara. So if you are in Niagara and look for something to do as a bit of a side tour. Uh, there's the Sound Healing Instrument Shop, where they have a bunch of gongs, crystal singing bowls, all kinds of interesting things. And I've been connected through them as I do work with a cancer retreat uh, center, the Abbey Retreat Center, uh, doing sound meditations and other offerings on kind of facilitating mental health and wellness for folks that may have had a, a diagnosis or you know dealing with other, other difficulties and trying to find a, a bridge to meditation and mental health. Is there a website or a social media account people can find more information at? People can find me at Resonant Transitions, and we'll have the link in the podcast notes. Uh, but I'll also have links there for the Abbey Retreat Center, who's okay. a wonderful group that I definitely look people to support in the future. I think that's a little zing, Andre. Remember to put that in the podcast notes. Well, I always write some podcast notes. I just didn't realize that people read them. So there's your call to action. Go read the podcast notes. <laughs> Perfect. Andre, have you ever read the podcast notes? No, I don't read any. That's amazing, because they usually have something passive-aggressive about Michael written in them. No. All right, well, I should go read the podcast notes, I guess. Andre Pru at ca and uh, social media at Andre Wine Review. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. The great guy, Michael Pincus, Michael Pincus Wine Review. Hey, I, I broadened my horizons. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.